Hey listeners, welcome to the Surf Coast Creatives Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Mellington, and this is episode number 10. With me today, my co-host, as always, Ben Hucker. Welcome, Ben. Hey, Jess. How's it going? Yeah, pretty good. I'm super excited for today's episode. We have two awesome guests sitting across from us today. So, welcome, Case and Ali. Hey, Jess. Hey, Ben. How are you doing? Hey, guys. Thanks for having us. No, not a problem at all. Great to have you here today. Awesome. Very excited to be here. Actually, we should mention too, Case. So, Case is a Dutchman, the Flying Dutchman. Yeah. I spell his name C-E-E-S. So, it looks like Cease on paper. Yeah. But it's actually Case, as in Case of Beer. Yeah, like a Case of Beer, exactly. You <laughs> nailed it the first time when uh, we we met. I reached out to you because um, I, I saw your post on the internet and... I was like, oh, this guy, you know, he's a surfer, he has a podcast, I want to reach out to Ben and, you know, get to know him, and um, yeah, next thing you know, we're going for a surf at 13th Beach, and it was amazing, sunset was epic, it was just like blue with pink and orange, it was insane. Yeah, that was was a crazy twilight session, wasn't it? Yeah, it was amazing. It was magical because the sun was setting. And the moon was rising at the same time. Yep. And the colors were just insane. And the waves were pumping as well. So that was a really awesome uh, way to you know, meet someone for the first time. It was epic. Yeah, it was cool. And I remember walking down the steps and watching you absolutely rip it out in the surf. So I can't wait to chat about you surfing a little bit later in the podcast. But I was going to say that you're our third international guest. So we've had two Californians. Right on. And if I've got this right, Jess, this is our third international guest. So to all our Dutch listeners who'll be tuning in (laughs) Ah, next episode, welcome. Representing the Holland. Yeah, (laughs) Holland. (laughs) Honeken and clogs and all that good stuff. All the good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Surf Coast Creators Podcast. I'll hand it back to Jess. Thanks, Ben. So let's get stuck into it. So Ali, do you want to start us off with your business? Introduce us. Uh, the listeners to your business. Yeah, so my name's Ellie and I run a business called Barefooted, which is a graphic design and branding studio for ethical companies, uh, individuals and initiatives. So yeah, it's awesome. It's um, focusing on bringing attention to people who are doing good things in the world and making a positive impact on the planet. Yeah, awesome. And then Case, what do you what do you do? So I do um, my own business called Urban Edible Gardens, and I try to transform uh, people's gardens into a uh, beautiful edible garden. So we do uh, garden consultations where we go for all the options that is possible for their gardens, and you know we try to find out how much time they want to spend doing gardening. Maybe they don't want to do gardening at all. And that's probably when we want to do more fruit trees. And I make permaculture garden designs where uh, we design the whole garden on the iPad and we kind of create the yeah the whole design according to the permaculture principles and then there's also a bit of maintenance, but trying to focus on the garden transformations, which I love the most. Yeah, it's uh, both very cool businesses. You both got really good Instagram accounts, and um, 
I can say that it's been very difficult conditions the last couple of months. How have you guys been going during the corona outbreak? Um, yeah, it was an interesting time when it sort of, the whole thing started. I was in the process of making it a full-time thing for myself. I was, we'd just come back from Holland in January and yeah, I was doing a bit of part-time work at a cafe and then a bit of graphic design on the side. And then I made the decision to kind of go full, full-time into it barefooted. Um, and yeah, this, then the whole corona happened. I was sort of a bit nervous to begin with. And then crazily enough, uh, just people just kept rolling in. The business kept rolling in because I think it definitely brought attention to you know, the people didn't want to keep working for other people. So a lot of people were starting their own businesses and also businesses had the chance to look at their own branding and maybe um, take the time to refresh and mm. stuff. So it's been, yeah, pretty fluent and consistent for me. And for me, uh, the corona crisis, of course, it's it's something that is uh, terrible, but... Um, I think people kind of realized how important that reconnection with nature is. I guess because people were in their house all the time and in their gardens, they tried to use that time. And I think people got into gardening a lot, uh, especially because the supermarkets were empty for a while. They were like, oh, this is insane. I just want to go and grow my own food. I want to be more resilient. I don't want to be relying on, 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 on supermarkets and and stuff like that um so yeah you definitely see a lot of people getting into gardening but they don't really know what to do some of them do of course they already know with permaculture but i can see that there's a lot of people that want to know more and they want to be better at creating a beautiful garden and i think that's why i want to jump in and help people to create this beautiful space because to me, this is not just my work. It's really my passion. You know, I love permaculture and I love being in my in our own garden and, you know, being with the vegetables and, and with the fruit. And and I think that a lot of people um, realize that as well. Yeah. I should mention as well, you guys are a couple to be mentioned out at the start. Uh, it's no, probably yeah, fa- so. <laughs> fairly obvious for listeners at this stage, but we you are. guys are a couple. Do you want to... I can't wait to get into the nitty-gritty of your business, by the way, and all the rest, but yeah, how did you guys meet, if we retrace, retrace for a second? Uh, we have a pretty good story, <laughs> I think. Um, yeah, we have a fun story. Yeah, so we, I was doing my yoga training, actually, at Torquay, and we did a one-week retreat up in Byron Bay. Um, so, yeah, I went up there. I think it was, this was in June 2018, and... Mm. Just before the retreat started, I was staying at a hostel for one night, uh, waiting for some friends to come from their flight from Melbourne. And uh, Case was actually working at the hostel. He he <laughs> came he came boy. down in his pajamas into the TV room. <laughs> pajamas. Yeah. yeah um, so I was rocking my PJs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was just us two, and then uh, we Watching just got movies. Well, got, ch- got chatting, and then. Mm. Yeah, we kept in contact, and after my retreat, we uh, dated a couple of days, I think it was, and then I went yeah. back to Melbourne. And Yeah, you went back to Melbourne, and then 
I went to work on a on a surf camp uh, in New South Wales, Mojo Surf Camp it was awesome. Um, we and then I still kind of missed Ellie a lot. As I was um, in love for the first time, but I never Wait. knew that because dreaming I, of I, Ellie. I, I was dreaming of Ellie. I never knew that what love was because oh, I never really had a girlfriend before. <laughs> but yeah, I just I just really missed her, and I was I was living in a big army tent right next to the beach, and we were I was surfing every day. But when I wasn't surfing and wasn't eating, I was like, oh, I miss miss her. Ah. <laughs> so um, I, I just sent her Case message. Case romantic. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm he did, but um, yeah, I sort of thought it was a bit all over. I hadn't heard from him for a few months, and then mm. he randomly messaged me one day and said, "Do you want to come up and move into my tent with me?" Yeah. <laughs> After three dates. After three dates, and there was um, luckily a yoga position had opened up at the same surf camp. Mm. So I yeah, re- I connected with the managers, and then. My dad and me drove up to Byron um, and... So dad wanted to check him out first? No, dad never met him. I'd sort of only told dad about him on the way up. And then (laughs) I, yeah, dad flew back to Melbourne and I went and met Case in the surf camp and we've lived together ever since. So how long ago was this? This was in end of September 2018, so Mm. nearly two years. Oh, yeah, so still quite a young relationship. Yeah, still pretty fresh, but I think because we have lived together the entire time it's yeah you sort of get to know someone very quickly and mm. yeah we've gone through a lot we've traveled uh to cambodia and mm. spent last year in holland and france and spain and then we went to kenya before coming back to australia yeah it's a cool story it's a great way to meet in this day and age i mean you know with the dating apps and all the rest it's very rare to meet someone yeah organically as yes. they say so mm. yeah well, it's I'm a cool story grateful. Very nice that. story. It's a so. really beautiful experience. And you speak a bit of Dutch now, Ellie? Or? Uh, in beetje. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, li- a, a little, little bit. bit. I understand in it. In, in, in beetje means a little bit. In beetje. In beetje. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I understand it better than I can speak it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, that's a very cool story. So living together now on the to- on Torquay, in Torquay, I should say, not on it. <laughs> yeah. We're on it. We're on all of it. No, um, yeah, in Torquay since Feb this year, so mm. very lucky to have our own little rental and very close to the beach. So spend a lot of time surfing together and working yeah. in the garden, and yeah, just it's good to be recently having been able to catch up with friends again and hang out and build a bit of a community back. Yeah, definitely. Why did you guys move from Byron Bay down to Torquay? Hmm. So living at the surf camp was really fun. Like we were surfing every day, and and the breakfast and lunch and dinner was always made for us. So we we could just you know spend the whole day in the water. And most of the time, I needed to do like a surf lesson in the morning. Then after that, we were just surfing the whole day. But you can imagine that you're not making a lot of money when you're surfing all day long. Uh, and we wanted to save up for like going to Holland and seeing Europe. And so we decided to find a job down here in Turkey so that we could still, still do some surfing. So yeah, uh, started originally. working for the surf school Go Ride Wave. And um, yeah. Yeah. And originally Case was going to do his farm work for his second year of the working holiday. But that sort of went out the window. He started mm-hmm. working at Go Right Away here, and um, 
yeah, he enjoyed our time too much. So then we had to go. He had to leave. So we decided we'd go to Holland and then, yeah, came back on the partner visa. Mm-hmm. I forget that we send all the internationals off to the farm for 12 months work. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. 80 days of farm work to stay days. another year. Yeah. But it was a I bit I thought crazy. it was longer, but it's only 80 days, is it? Oh, you can do longer now and then you oh, can okay. stay for another year. Yeah. yeah. I think it's 80, like 88 yeah. days yeah. in your first year and then, yeah, three, uh, six months yeah. to do your second <clears throat> year. So it's, yeah, mm. a lot. <laughs> so you got away with working at Go Ride Away? Yeah, yeah, that was really fun. Their, their colleagues are really nice and there's such, such a good vibe yep. um, with Go Ride Away. And uh, yeah, I was working there and I got heaps of friends uh, from, from working there. I still know them, still friends. It's awesome. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, they're a bit of a talky institution, aren't they? Go right away. I mean, they're always out there. It doesn't matter if it's onshore or offshore, two foot, three foot, half a foot. Yeah. Always out there teaching people, so mm. they do an awesome job. So your businesses, so Barefooted Branding and Urban Edible Gardens, when did the idea for those businesses come about? Well, it started with Barefooted, eh? Hell. Yeah, so when we were in Holland, um, we knew that, we wanted to pursue a really creative uh, career, both of us were pretty mm. creative people. Case was painting a lot and I've always been into um, art and and creating things. I studied graphic design and marketing in uni. So we were just playing with ideas and, um, you know, just thinking, well, what could we start together? And then from there, it, the name Barefooted evolved. Mm. And we started creating prints and T-shirt designs. And then, yeah, when we yeah. came back to Australia, I just sort of committed to it. And Case was helping me a lot with illustrations and logo design on our iPad. Mm. Um, so you guys work in each other, well, together on Barefooted? Oh, yeah. Well, we were, yeah. So um, Case was doing a lot of help with the logos and that and now yeah we sort of probably do 80% of I do 80% of barefooted case does 80% of urban edible gardens and then we help sort of 20% on each other's as well it works really well yeah it's a lot of fun and I think we called it barefooted because at that time in Holland we're always trying to just be on our bare feet as much as possible going to the (laughs) beach you know the whole it's the whole lifestyle behind it just to be on your bare feet in the on the grass in the in the sand and to have that um, organic, natural uh, design, and and to create that for other people, that was that was a bit of our dream, and it and it's working out really well. We did some really cool projects in Holland, uh, actually. Mm. Um, for Sylvana was really awesome for the festival. You made some really cool designs. Yeah, that was good. Mm. What was that? The festival? Yeah. So I did. Um, we were working for a surf camp in Holland, and I did some yeah design for their festival that they have every year which is a pretty cool experience and mm. yeah it's like your first big project yeah it's awesome so very grateful for that experience and for you how did urban edible gardens come about mm. so ellie studied permaculture in panama in the jungle and i never heard of permaculture until she moved into my tent and <laughs> uh, it was like catching my first wave all over again it was like this is amazing, you know, <laughs> this whole concept about, you know, growing your own things and 
I never really thought about it because I wasn't ever into gardening. But then when I when we actually started um, making a little veggie box, it was just such a nice pastime when I wasn't surfing or when the wind was onshore and it's nice and sunny. There's nothing nicer than just to be chilling in the garden and um, to be, you know, playing with plants and getting those nice rewards like a strawberry is amazing. <laughs> yep. So that's where the idea is. So you heard about permaculture as a concept. Yeah. So where did the idea for the business come after that? Where did you think, okay, mm. I can maybe make a go of this? Oh, that was later on. That was later on for sure. Like we went on a road trip to France and Spain after we worked the summer in Holland. So that was in autumn. It was such a beautiful season. And after we went to Spain, we drove back to France and we stayed at this permaculture farm. He was called the Happy Cultivator. He was a really nice man and he knew a lot about permaculture. And we just wanted to stay there and work on his farm. Um... Yeah, to learn more about permaculture. And I never at that moment thought that I was going to turn it into a career. Until we came to Australia and I did the 12-week online course with Milkwood Permaculture uh, to learn about like permaculture living, how to live a sustainable um, household. And they provided me with such amazing information um and it kind of empowered me to to keep studying and to to um to take the step to just start my own business and i thought oh, what do i want to create um i want to make edible gardens but i don't want to go all the way to really big farms i mean Ideally, of course, but I don't have a driver's license yet. So, I mean, I have to be able to go there on the bicycle. Uh, so, urban. Urban is amazing because people in urban, with urban gardens, there are so many people who have a garden. And even on a balcony, you could start permaculture. But that's, I thought, that's where I want to work with because um, that's my passion. Yeah, it's very cool. So, what was the name of the online course that you did? Milkwood permaculture. So is that like a certificate three or four or? So it's it... like an it's like an online course, and it's basically 12 weeks of resources, and they give like five or six tasks per week that you can commit to to learn more about permaculture. For example, learning how to start a little garden or. Um, fun ideas that you can do to upcycle um, plastic in your house or yeah things that you can research and and heaps of books and resources and articles and YouTube videos and just every week studying a lot but YouTube provided me with a lot of cool videos as well as well yeah on garden design yeah yeah it sounds very cool so that was just a private online portal Mm. that you pay for it and you go through the course at your own speed yeah i actually got that course from ellie for my birthday i'm super happy with that oh very nice what, what was the name just uh, one more time for our listeners milkwood permaculture milkwood permaculture if you want to get into gardening and permaculture i see jess smiling like we've got <laughs> a fairly a relatively empty garden out the back but maybe you want to sign up to that Jess. yeah i might have to give it a whirl 
Um, our garden's looking a little bit bare. I have some blueberries out the back that are. Awesome. Can you see the blueberries? I think I saw them. They're yeah. yes, very faintly. They're yeah. awesome. Very small at the moment, but um, I'm keeping an eye on them. <laughs> yeah, oh, you. Amazing. I think you would love the course. It's really for everyone and mm. the Chris, um, Nick and. Chris, Nick and Kirsten. Kirsten are really, really genuine and fun people. So yeah, yeah mm-hmm. highly recommend it. So when you um sorry when you get into when you go to someone's house and you start working with them, do you teach them about how they um can look after their garden or do you just come and look after it for them? So that's all part of the like the the, the consultation. So I uh, promote my business with the 45 minute free consultations Mm -hmm. so people can reach out to me and ask me do you want to come and give me some gardening advice so i come to the garden and we go through all the options that we can do in their garden Mm -hmm. and from there they can decide to either do them themselves or to hire me to do everything and most of the times they say well case can you maybe help me to renovate the whole garden and turn it into something epic and i'm super happy with that <laughs> and then <laughs> and then we turn it into something epic and uh, i love it when people um help me and learn for example when we're making a compost system or um or, or a house for the chickens or we're planting fruit trees most of the times the whole family of the household is helping me with uh, planting the fruit trees and they're learning how to dig the hole and how to plant it and what kind of soil and and um, yeah I'm always always teaching the um, the client um, what to do in the garden and they can decide to kind of not really bother with the project and let me do all the work and I'm happy with that or they can decide to be as, in, as involved as they want and yep. they can help me with the whole process if they want to learn more about permaculture. And it's a really, really fun process. And um, yeah, it's 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 actually going really well. I'm, I'm getting heaps of people that reach out. And uh, there's some exciting projects ahead. This is one woman and she would like her shipping container in her garden to be turned into like a pottery studio. Oh, yeah. Yep. And she wants to have the whole food forest with all the fruit trees and the vegetables and the herbs. And, and the, the, ch- the chickens, they, they don't, can... Go under the fruit trees and 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 have some fruit and and it's gonna look idyllic. Yeah, that sounds very cool. So people are reaching out to you where? Uh, mostly on Facebook. Ellie's uh, still helping me to develop the website. Yeah. But Facebook is awesome. I can kind of make a video of what I'm doing in someone's garden. I'll post it, and and that works really well. Most of the time when I post one thing, I get two people that reach out to me. Really? So I love Facebook. Fantastic. Very grateful for Facebook. <laughs> and that you've only recently started that, the Facebook page? Yes. So Urban Edible Gardens is totally fresh. Uh, I started Urban Edible Gardens uh, a couple of months back. Yep. And and it's just going really well. So you're and, booked out already? Yeah, I'm totally already You're doing work out. and you're quoting for other projects as you go? Yeah. It's just an amazing time to to do gardening and to have a career in gardening is just really it works really well well as you said at the start there's a, a bit more headspace for people to have around these issues about gardening and, and the rest and you know if you're not at work from 8 30 to 5 30 during the day then mm. you've got a bit more spare time at home working from home mm. that you can start to take into consideration yeah, yeah. your environment and other things so it's great to say mm. yeah so 
if we can just i love talking about people's first sale that that first so you, obviously you, you talked about your 45 minute consult mm. do you want to just take us through that first sale that first client how did that come about mm. so yeah the first client that reached out to me um it was a I was a little bit nervous, but mm-hmm. I was also confident. And I just always try to be as humble and confident and respectful as I can toward the client. Yeah. Because you really, you know, you're coming into their space and it's their garden and it's really precious to them. You can't just barge in there and tell them what to do. You know, it's, it's really a process that goes both ways and uh, where we work together to come up with a garden design uh, that works really well for them. And when we base it on the, the microclimates and, and their vision and their wishes uh, to turn it into something amazing. And yeah, the first one, the first project, um, yeah, it was just it was just really nice to 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 meet them and to to have that interaction and to to hear what they want with their garden and to be able to tell them. Um, what all the possibilities are. Yep. And and that was just really uh, empowering, fun, happy feeling for me. And then um, yeah, it's just an uh, it's just such an amazing way to to make money with that because it doesn't feel like work. It's yeah. more like um, I'm making friends yep. with people. We're creating a community. Um, I can then you know if people want to meet other people that are doing gardening, I can you know. To say hey you know we can do crop swapping we can help each other we can do community gardening we can we can do all of these amazing things because it's not really me and the client it's more like a, a real connection yep you're like a I'm, team because it's like a service and we're working together most of the time yep. and it's not really up to me to decide how strong that connection is going to be it's more like up to the client yeah i've had clients that ask me you know to stay over for dinner and um to talk about the garden design and 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 it's really it's really amazing to to make friends this way yeah it's very cool and for you ali you spoke i touched on uh the festival in holland Mm -hmm. was that your first client do you want to take us through uh no so i'd been doing graphic design and a bit of branding for a a few years prior, I graduated from Swinburne in 2016, I think it was. Yeah, so I'd been doing little bits here and there. Um, but, yeah, I'm tr- I can't even remember my first client. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not that long. I'm trying to remember that far back, but I love... When your business has been going for a while, it is tough to remember. Yeah, I think sort of the first client that in Reese when I committed to it this year and really made it a full-time thing and got stuck into my website and that I yeah it was I love what I get to do and I love being able to bring someone's story to life through um, visuals and I think similar to case just creating that really deep connection and communication is so essential uh, to be to make sure that they feel heard and what I create really resonates with what they want to communicate with the public. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you're definitely not in it for the quick dollar, both of you. It's all about relationships and building that connection, which yeah, is great. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's 
you know, as horrible as the corona thing is, we've we've noticed that community and connection have really strengthened over the last few months. Mm. Yeah. You know, relationships are um, finding deeper meaning and. Mm. Yeah, I'm really excited to be able to bring or well, to see people taking the step to start their own businesses and find their passion and to be part of that is awesome. Yeah, I only bring up the first client thing because I know for a lot of listeners, you know, they have that idea, but they just don't know how to go about getting that first client through the door mm-hmm. or turning their idea into a business. If they want to keep it as a hobby, then so be it. But I know there's a lot of people that tune in and they just want to know how to get started and take yeah, that first step. Oh, but as you said as well, there is definitely a feeling of a sense of a community mm-hmm. during the corona crisis. Um, mm. You know, I think a lot of people are starting to sit back and think about what is important in life. Mm. And you can definitely feel that on the surf coast. And even now with the lockdown in Melbourne, like mm. the pole place is just, you can't get in, you can't get out basically. It <laughs> sounds like... You know, East West Germany back in the day might have been. But um yeah, it's definitely that sense of community. I know Jess has got a few questions about your businesses, respective businesses, so mm-hmm. I'll hand it back to Jess. Um, so Ali, I just wanted to talk about um branding because I've been trying to get stuck into the social media and I know to like I can see that you're really consistent and you obviously know what you're doing. Um what about like if I uh, what is the process of re- a rebrand? Like, what yeah. do you help people do that, and what would you do yeah. with them? Yeah, so I do both uh, fresh brands, like people who are just starting their own business, and also people who are wanting to refresh their branding. So we start off, um, you know, whether that's someone reaching out to me uh, through Instagram. Instagram is mainly my main source of like clients as well as word of mouth and especially around the surf coast I've had a few um, locals reach out through word of mouth which is great but yeah the process starts with uh, just having a conversation around sort of where they where you envision your business going and what pain points like challenges you're facing and then we get stuck into it so I send the client um, start off with a brand questionnaire so that really helps both of us be on the same page yep. and also it's so important that you get clear because so many people just don't really know they can't put a word to what it is they want to achieve so the questionnaire really helps nut out all that all of that sort of the key values of the business um their competition and yeah the overall mission for it so that's where it starts and then we'll go into developing uh two to three mood boards to make sure that we're we've got a visual um representation of where the brand's directing and going yep and then we'll walk through the process of the logo development um into typography color palette choice and then marketing collateral so that's you know social media elements um website illustrations and patterns yeah it really depends everyone wants something like slightly a bit different um i offer multiple packages Mm -hmm. um and i'm also soon to be testing out a new process um which is sort of a book me by the week system yeah um because i find with my 
industry there's so much back and forward and back and forward and sometimes the projects can drag on a lot longer than yeah. we initially anticipated yep. so yeah I'm um, sort of playing with ideas of how to streamline the process a bit more and better you uh, create a better use of my time and the client's yeah. time as well to, and also to wrap up mm-hmm. like to get things wrapped up like I know that would be frustrating to just have a project going over and you can't start or you can't you know, yeah, off, so. and also just from an income pay, like yeah. perspective, mm-hmm. I've got to know what money's coming in when, and yeah. that way both the client and the um, designer know. Okay, well this week I'm purely dedicating my time to yeah. this client. We're going to get everything done, whether they have things that they want done that will take one, two, three weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm fully dedicated to that client for that amount of time, and yeah. we know when it's going to be done. And yeah, that that that's empowers cool. the client too. Yep, that's good. Um, it's funny that you say uh, that sounds very similar to copywriting. Actually, the whole process. Mm-hmm. So I use that discovery. I call it a discovery questionnaire that I send out to clients. And yeah. Uh, it's ten questions just to try and nail down who they're talking to, who they want to target. Because a lot of businesses start from the point of view of oh, you know, everyone's my client. Mm-hmm. But, but you target everyone, you target no one, as exactly, they say. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and branding, obviously, all about visuals and imagery and colours and palettes and other things. And as you say, if people can't communicate exactly what that is, then a questionnaire is going to help. Mm. It uh, it brings so much light. Like uh, every client I've sent a questionnaire to have said that was so helpful because I didn't actually know who my target audience was or what my key values were or you know you they don't really know what they want so it's yeah I think probably one of the top um things I would recommend anyone to do about with their business is really nut out who they're targeting yeah yeah I can definitely say my business changed when once I started using using a questionnaire because prior to that I just try and assume what they wanted but Mm. even it's just a simple 10 10 question questionnaire it helps so much in case do you use a questionnaire? Can you use get to the point where you use a paper document for people to write down some answers to questions or more, more of a verbal Q&A and you're in the backyard and you can see what's going on? Yeah, so I'm trying to come up with some, some better systems so that I can you know, get more work done faster. But I do like the personal approach to it. And um, most of the time there's a little bit of a system. I just kind of ask them, what is your vision for the garden? And, and from there on, we kind of base it on, on what their ideas are. And I might have to adjust a few things or give the client an advice on what we should do with the garden. But I would never come up with my vision for the garden immediately. It's always based on what the client wants. Mm-hmm. And um, when we get the vision of the garden, I kind of divide the whole garden up in zones and zone zero is basically the house in our landscape where we do you know the cooking and where the oven is and all of that and then zone one zone one is where we can grow things that we can you know take every day like herbs you know you need your rosemary for your potatoes probably every day and that's your zone one and then zone two would be like your veggie beds that take a bit longer to grow and you could have that for like production that you might want to share with your neighbors or sell depends how large the scale is you want it to be 
and then your zone three would be your like your food forest and in zone four you could have like animals there it could be chicken a dog or cow it depends how big you want it and yeah. then zone five is like wildlife if you have a really big garden or you have a nature strip that's zone five that's probably where we just kind of leave it or we use it to uh find firewood and stuff like that yeah yeah that's cool that sounds very similar to xavier morello from wildlife exposure yeah it was on episode eight seven a couple of weeks ago yeah, he divides his property up into zones as well. That's awesome. wildlife, fruit, plants, everything else. So That's great. I Actually, we've got a bit of parsley, which might fit into zone one, sitting up on the <laughs> yeah, countertop. Yeah, and you're getting into it. That sounds great. Uh, any t- any tips sad. for keeping that alive? It doesn't get any sunlight during the day. <laughs> Artificial lights How from the stove. How do you keep stove? herbs alive during winter? Awesome. Yeah, and you can plant those beans in the cauliflower. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we should mention that you... You guys gave us a gift on on arrival here today for the podcast. So, some cabbage and oh, it's a cauliflower and a col- some broad beans. <laughs> yeah, so there's still heaps of veggies that we can grow in winter. People that think that most of the time we can grow from spring to like autumn, and then they don't really have anything in their garden in winter. Um, but you know, we get the broccolis and the spinaches and the broad beans, and there's still heaps of things that we can grow, and it's awesome. Yeah. What's your favourite? Broccoli. You never... I do love a bit of broccoli. <laughs> it's, a, it's a staple, actually. Yeah, if I can't staple. be bothered cooking, I have dumplings and broccoli. Oh, oh that sounds good. Well, you'll have to swap it for cauliflower, I think. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favourite. Oh, good. Yeah. It's going to be cauliflower from here on in. <laughs> so it's a bit of a, a deep dive on your business. Um, can we talk about daily routines for a second? Obviously, we've talked about surfing already which sounds like it's pretty important to you both and activity in general. Take us through a day in the life. Maybe we'll start with you, Ali. Yeah. Um, so day in the life, probably, as most people say, it can change. But I have a pretty pretty um, standard you know, morning routine. I'll wake up pretty early. Both of us do. I usually wake up before case and I'll get up straight away and get straight into a workout, um, just a workout at the house, bit of body weight, uh, yoga, that sort of thing. And then we'll have a coffee together and then I'll head out on a walk um, along the beach in Torquay. And then after that, come home and get stuck into work pretty much. It's, yeah, I really, really value morning movement. Definitely sets me up for um, greater productivity and just clears my head and I think walking is so helpful for that. So, yeah, I'd never really just wake up and start work straight away. I definitely need to – I'd go a bit insane if I didn't move. That's definitely been a common theme among all our guests is morning activity before work. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people just rip into work the minute they wake up. But, yeah, as you say, getting that activity in the first thing in the morning can make Mm -hmm. such a big difference to your day. So what sort of time are you waking up? Uh, generally I'd say, well, recently in winter, it's been a bit harder, but I sort of wake up between 6.30 and 7. That's my ideal, but, um, sometimes it's more like 7.30 in the last few weeks. <laughs> so snoozing my alarm a few too many times, but. Oh, that's when the sun's coming up now. Exactly. So, so, yeah, I really, yeah, sort of try to listen to my body in that respect and yep. go with the cycle of, um, the moon and all of that, but mm. I definitely feel better when I wake up earlier. You sound yeah. like the bear sleeper. 
So, mm. me and Jess have done a, a little bit of um, research and study on sleep lately. Yeah. I've always had issues with sleep, so um, we did a little test. Not being able to sleep. Not being able to sleep, so insomnia, things like that. Um, not not severe insomnia, but definitely issues with sleep. So mm. we, we logged on to this website. I don't know how we came across it. I think it was a podcast. A TED Talk. A TED Talk. It's yeah. called thesleepdoctor.com. And he basically he divides sleepers into four categories. So there's the bear, who wakes up with ah. wakes up at sunrise and goes to bed at sunset. Yes. So, you know, their 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 nine to five routine is built around the bear persona. Yeah. Mm. They're like make up sixty percent of sleepers. Uh, number two was the lion. They're super early risers. You know, five a.m. Mm-hmm. get work done. The alpha type character number three was the wolf mm-hmm. so they're yeah, more sort of teenager sleep until 10 30 mm-hmm. um probably quite creative and active late at night i'm pretty sure yeah they go to bed at like 2 a.m and wake up really late like yeah noon. yeah yeah really really natural for teenagers and um even kids you know age nine ten years old to to sleep in and then there's the dolphin the dolphin suffers from insomnia. So You're the dolphin. A dolphin. <laughs> I'm a dolphin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a dolphin. <laughs> That's so funny. So Jess is a bear, wakes up sunrise, bed at sunset. Yeah. Um, likes to go to bed early. And the dolphin likes to wake up. Doesn't need much sleep, so I've always thought I need eight hours sleep, but according to this persona, the dolphin persona, I only need about six, six and a half. So mm. Lately, I've been going to bed later, so probably 11, 11.30 at night, and waking up at 6.30. So the key is waking up at the same time every morning, Yeah. and it's made a huge difference. Oh, cool. But oh. the thing with the dolphin is it sleeps with one eye <laughs> on its predators <laughs> and one eye <laughs> on sleep. So wow. constantly, you know, sort of... Half so in, half, half of the half half of the brain is asleep and yeah. half of the brain is awake. Yep. Do you do that as well? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. dude. <laughs> if I move in the middle of the night, he's awake. He'll know. He'll like, oh, what are you awake for? I'm like, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just moving. moving. <laughs> yeah, it explained so much for me. Like, wow. Just being a very light sleeper. Yeah. Like, I lived in London for two years and we lived on a main road and I just, I reckon I got three or four hours sleep a night. Mm. And people say you get used to it, but I didn't. Yeah, so. right. Well, Jess, Jess, you must be happy that Ben keeps one eye out for predators. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one eye on the intruders always. It's good. It's good. Yeah. And I think also, like, on that note, it, well, especially something I noticed is that your routine and sleep changes, like, as um, – a female as well with my cycle, I definitely um, have to adjust my work routine and sleep routine around that. And I, so that's something that I've been actively trying to um, do in the last few months and it's made a huge difference as well. Yeah, that's um, they also talked about that in the Sleep Doctor website was women's cycles, so it all changes. I'm not sure exactly how it yeah. changes, but I do know that's that's good that you're in tune with that. Yeah. yeah, it definitely um I yeah, noticed a huge change in just like how I approach my work and not getting frustrated at myself if I can't mm-hmm. don't have the focus to get something done and mm-hmm. yeah, making sure I plan out my my month um you know, taking clients on at certain times or having meetings and yeah, it's it's definitely something I can um 
that that's something I do too. Yep. I can't schedule a meeting before 10, 10 a.m. 10 a.m. It just it makes me anxious. So <laughs> I always end up get, getting to you sleep at 2, 3 a.m. and then you're up for this meeting at 9 a.m. It never works. So mm. 10 a.m. is the, the minimum. So. Yeah. you got to dedicate that time for yourself when you're feeling like vulnerable, like women mm. on a period, for example. Like that's a period where you kind of have to be a bit more introvert and focusing on yourself. And yeah. when you are a dolphin, you want to have... <laughs> your mornings to you know do a bit of a routine where you can just be with yourself and not have to do with other people i totally understand that yeah i want to be in the ocean slapping around (laughs) have you have you seen many dolphins even you're surfing actually this came up on the podcast was that too oh with xavier again from wildlife exposure so i was out at the point at torquay i was surfing Uh, i saw this massive fin yeah right coming towards me <laughs> oh, and, you know, there's a bit of panic among, among myself and a few other surfers yeah right Absolutely. and this thing giant animal has just jumped up and out of the water oh and thankfully it was a, a big dolphin mm. don't know what type of dolphin it was really really dark um mm. couldn't get over the size of the dolphin so uh, i've seen that one in southern victoria that's the only one i've seen but up on the coast in new south wales i've seen quite a few Right, yeah. yeah you see a lot of there. New South Wales are a lot of dolphins. Mm. Actually, there's, time. there's quite a few in Port Phillip Bay, so they're everywhere, but... Yeah. Just rarely see them down here. Yeah. That's cool. Mm. And... In Byron, they're everywhere, aren't they? The dolphins? Yeah. You would On the surf game, there was this one time where um, the waves were pretty big, and I was surfing, and uh, I went... Uh, well... I went over the falls <laughs> and then uh, I got sucked down and then when I came up out of the water it was a pretty long hold down there was this massive grey fin like just a few meters away from me going straight towards me and then went under the water and I thought it was a shark I was 100% sure oh god I'm getting eaten so I grabbed my board and I get the wave straight into the beach and I'm like, you know, hyperventilating. Oh, and uh, I checked my wetsuit and it was like, you know, full of shit. I mean, I totally <laughs> <laughs> No, I didn't do that. But uh, then when I looked back at the horizon, there was all these dolphins jumping out of oh, the water. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, it's not a shark. <laughs> That's good. So I went back into the water and had a really fun surf. Yeah, it was a scary moment. That actually reminds me, I was surfing on the coast of New South Wales last year at Angari, which I think is... Just south of Byron Bay. Near Yamba, isn't it? Yamba, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're south of Byron Bay there? Yeah, Yeah, we definitely are. Yep. Um, Just north of Coffs Harbour, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Great little spot. Absolutely Mm. awesome. Surfing out there by myself one day. It was Tuesday afternoon. And again, this giant body just jumped through the wave. Absolutely the same. Shit myself. (laughs) Had to check the wetsuit. <laughs> a big dolphin just just carving it up on the waves and they're oh, actually really good so body nice. surfers aren't they 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 surf through the wave i've they seen videos it. on the internet as well where they like a surfer on the wave and there's like these dolphins that are surfing right in front of them i've actually had it on one wave where there was a dolphin in front of me for a for a bit it was just a really magical moment because it's like they're you're kind of sharing the wave yeah. somehow it's really cool mm. yeah it's definitely an experience you don't forget so obviously health and fitness, uh, beyond surfing, yoga, is there anything else you guys do to stay active and fit and healthy? Um, we're pretty 
conscious of the food that we that we eat we do like shop at the farmer's market every week on the saturday we go to the local farmer's market and we both love cooking and um Mm. yeah cooking healthy food pretty much just yeah walk a bit of everything we love hiking surfing Mm. yoga um, going on walks together yeah love to be in nature you know going on long walks is just amazing you it, that that really recharges the creative battery to just be with nature if that's in, in the water or in a park or in a mm-hmm. forest or wherever you, you just gotta you just gotta be there you know you just gotta be and have that connection mm-hmm. and that that really recharges my creative battery and i, I guess it also is very important for you because mm-hmm. um, creativity I've heard you say it in previous podcast is not something that you just you know you need to grab watercolors and start painting something. It is um, waking up early and making sure that you have an empty mind. And how are you gonna get an empty mind? For me, it's really important to when I wake up to immediately make my bed and to immediately clean the room because that's my safe space. That's yep. my zone where I can kind of retreat. You know, that's my inner landscape there. Whenever I'm having a shitty day, I can go to my room and it's clean. I can recharge the creative battery and go back out there. And then I can clean the kitchen and then I can clean the living room. And then I can make sure that everything's like, you know, clean and not on my mind. Because if I want to make a drawing or garden design or come up with a creative idea of anything creative, that has to be this emptiness. And if you need to think about oh, I still need to make my bed or, oh, I still need to uh, do my laundry or still need to do the dishes, something like that. That's going to take up all of that space, that space that could be full of creatives. And that's basically the key to opening up the door to the house of ideas, you know, the, the creative flow to just have that emptiness. That's cool. It's good that you talk about how you, like, open up that, that door um a Mm. lot of times well back in my business when i had the gym Mm. i used to struggle to like find that space and whatever but for me it was making sure that the whole business was yeah the area was really clean and i had nothing on my mind and then i could go to work on whatever it was but yeah Yeah. it's cool it helps a lot yeah Mm. and for listeners i think that that's so good to have a process for yeah yeah. That, that's your first step basically yeah. if you want to do anything make sure that you don't have anything on your mind anymore get yeah. all of the small steps done yeah. and then you can take bigger steps you know yeah. if you get your room kitchen your your area done the yeah. small steps the stuff that you can do every day yeah. then you can start thinking about bigger steps starting a business or joining your community garden or growing your own veggies or doing something else you're never going to have time to think about these things when you have to get your small shit done first you know yeah and i think that's something that in um recent times so many people have sort of found that creativity that that they hadn't access for so many years because their lives were so Mm. full of full-time work and and responsibilities and just taking that step back and being in your house and not having really much to do people are you sort of access that part that's now not so clouded and oh yeah totally I think, agree yeah, with that 
giving yourself um, space to just find creativity in mm. in the small things and you think that's because people have more time more time to um, you know yeah. make sure that they have the space to think because or else well you know they people can escape to their jobs and not face their small stuff and right now maybe they get more time to face their small stuff just so yeah. there's more room yeah. for creativity <coughs> yeah more people more space to find your passion and mm. f- find some excitement and mm. yeah yeah if that daily commute's not there then you've got a bit more time in the mornings things like that yeah mm-hmm. i think yes yeah, super important um during corona because it is easy just you know if you've been made redundant or you're sitting on job keeper and you can you can sit back and burn netflix all day long can't mm-hmm. you and yeah. not get anything done and then you end up sort of I don't know, wallowing and... Um, mm. But even that, like, you can only watch so many Netflix shows. Like, you get... Um, from some of the blogs I've been reading, because, like, we put little quotes up on the Instagram, so I yeah. go through and I read, like, what people say. And a lot of them... Um, a lot of the uh, people say... Or a lot of creatives say, let yourself be bored. Like, let yourself... Mm. not do something. So don't go out and list, just fill your head with music because you're outside just yeah. maybe sit with sit with yourself and mm. then let those let yourself become bored and that's when you'll find your creativity yeah and that's mm. that's yeah. what kids do I yeah mean, like yeah. that's what we used to do when we were on school holidays like we weren't entertained all the time so we just yeah. had to come up with things on our own and that's where like cool ideas came from and mm. yeah. yeah i really yes. love that jess that you got to be bored to be able to do something because mm. you got to face yourself that yeah. boredom is an emotion yeah. you shouldn't suppress that or try to escape from that you yeah. listen to it and it's going to tell you something yeah. and then you actually start doing something and that's just that is the reward that is more satisfying than anything yeah. that's the biggest reward you know the gut feeling is it's just very important yeah it's definite obsession with productivity isn't there and get making the most of every minute of every day mm. yeah and getting stuff done but as you say you can sit back sometimes and just be bored i mean you've got to pay the bills and all the rest but if you can make time in the morning or make yeah. time tr- throughout mm. the day for creativity and being bored then yeah, i think it's the a societal pressure that we've absolutely been put, yeah. on, or put on ourselves and mm. thought oh we have to be busy busy and doing something but it's it's you just a story busy. essentially yeah. like you know we you can make do with less and i think a lot of people have realized that um mm. i was speaking to my mom the other day and she was saying you, you just realized how little you do need yeah. yeah yeah i think that's one thing corona is starting to it's made us question is the whole nine to five routine and you know if we ever go back to normal, if people are going to be happy to go back to that 8.30 to 5.30 office routine. I highly A lot doubt of people it. haven't stopped doing <laughs> that. But, hmm. but if you're working from home, you've got a new routine, you can see that a business can still run mm-hmm. quite... You pro- businesses are probably finding out that people are actually more productive at home by themselves and getting stuff done. So yeah. obviously issues with isolation and the rest. So I don't know the answer to that question, but probably a good segue into our next topic which is the off days so mm. do you ever feel like just packing it in and going back to nine to five and all the safety and security and no mm. never we never really well i never really had a nine to five I, it was never something that i wanted to get into i 
was always sort of doing little bits of everything, um, which I really like. And I love having the freedom to pick my own hours. Sometimes Mm -hmm. that's a challenge in itself to, you know, um, have discipline to structure your days and get stuff done. But yeah, I no, Mm -hmm. I never think about giving it up. I love it. And I love the freedom that we're creating in our lives. And you're doing great. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to say that, you know, if you're working nine to five, that's, that's okay. You know, some people, they, they really love working nine to five because they can kind of zone out. And then whenever they're done with work, they can then be creative, Mm. you know? So, uh, I, I respect everybody in, in the decisions that they're making. But if you're a creative person and you're hating your job, then definitely try waking up earlier than normal and try to face your stuff in the mornings. Because that's the time when you can complain and scream and do anything you want. You know, if you wake up at 4.30 in the morning and you still have like three hours before you actually go to work, you know, you can use all of that time to complain as much as you want. But by the time you're going to have breakfast at 7, you're already happy, you know. You've you faced all of your stuff. You're, you got all of it. You know? The day's you, over. You faced everything. And then and then your day starts. And that and that's going to make a huge difference, I think. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you work 9 to 5. But waking up early, facing your shit, and just getting stuff done, that's going to make a difference. Because you're giving yourself more time. That, yeah. that, that definitely... Um, yeah, and something like along those lines that you don't have to interweave. You, you don't, your job doesn't have to be your passion. There are people who, who um, which is a concept which I got from a book that I've read a few times called, uh, have you read The Crossroads of Should and Must? Between Should and Must? No. no. Awesome book. Very cool. Crossroads of Should and the Must. The Crossroads Between Should and Must. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, who wrote very that? easy to read. Uh, it's Slipped my mind, yeah. I've got it on the bedside table, but Casey's just started reading it, and it, she talks about how your passion can be your life. Like for artists, their life is their passion, and they just come together. There's no differentiation between them. But for mm. some people, they like having the the job and then yep. pursuing their passion on the side, and that's that's cool. You've just got to find what works for you. I think. Yeah. And if you have a business that uh, that that flows from your passion, if you are a, a creative that wants to start his mission, uh, his mission because you you're doing something that you love, then you have to accept that that is your life. From that point, that's exactly what you're gonna keep doing. You're gonna go to bed thinking about it. You're gonna wake up thinking about it. You you can do this stuff after dinner. You can talk about it with anyone, anytime, because it, it it's not, it, it's not, there's no difference. I'm working in my garden, I'm working in someone else's garden. Um, Ellie is doing design for someone else. Or Ellie is making art. It's it's it, there's no difference. Yep. Like making money with what we love is um, is very satisfying, mm. and we can do it anytime. And that that drives us. That gives a lot of energy. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's something we haven't really spoken about before. Like uh, making no distinction between sort of life and business, bringing them together as one, mm. and you don't really think about the difference between the two. No, because yeah. it's just. Your well, what what we believe in is that your 
purpose here is to bring your unique creativity and purpose to the world so Mm. that can be your work and everyone has that ability they have their unique um quality so Mm. yeah i think it's so liberating and freeing when you can just feel so much passion for your work that it's essentially just an expression of who you are yep yeah yeah. It's like a piece of art, like a meaning almost. Yeah. Like why why am I here? I was always thinking that. Why am I here? Like I'm I'm surfing. I'm privileged. I'm, I'm and then that made me really depressed because I was like, well, what 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 do I really do? You know, I'm I'm just surfing and and that's it. Nature suffering and I can't do anything. Until I Ellie introduced me to permaculture and I was like, holy shit, this is this is a solution. This is radical hope because we can take so much pressure of the planet by uh, turning the mass consumerism into production. And that is going to take a lot of the weight of the world because we don't have to get shipping containers, like importing stuff from other countries. We can grow our own, share with our neighbors save money save time spend more time with the kids in the gardens like we can really reconnect with our own gardens and our own space and with our family this is amazing this is permaculture this is like radical hope well i love to call it like that Mm -hmm. and um i think that's why i love it yeah (laughs) yeah it's uh like it's something practical too like it's not ideological you know Mm. Um, let's stop spending money let's stop consuming things like that it's actually practical you can Mm. grow a veggie garden in your backyard yeah you can subsist off that can't you like everyone has the space if you have even a little balcony you can grow tomatoes you know and that's just the start you can join a community garden there's so much you can do um but you know you, you don't have to grow your own as long as you can support local farmers or your um you know local businesses that's that's a huge thing like imagine there's fish from norway that is caught in norway and then shipped to china to be cut up into small pieces and then shipped back to norway what? i mean yeah. that's that's yeah, something that, that we could, we could catch it there and yeah. then sell it there you know it makes sense yeah and i mean we don't have to go in completely everyone producing their own stuff and self-reliant because that would that wouldn't be like an economically viable but we can at least take some of the pressure of the of of the of the planet by you know um becoming less of a consumer yep um and that that is awesome yeah i think that's a big issue all over the world with western countries i know a lot of um australia's commodities and exports go to china as raw material and mm. come back as a product. So, mm. yeah, that's um, one to thing to think about as well. So lots of energy, lots of passion. Jess has got a question about inspiration. So who inspires you? Um, <laughs> Good question, Jess. Straight, straight into, straight into the question. <laughs> who inspires you? Oh, short intro. <laughs> no, just so much inspiration. Yeah. I Maybe think. we start with who inspires you in business. In business, uh, I would say I find a lot of inspiration from so many different people. Um, I lo- like just seeing what other people are doing. Um, there's a good book 
by Peter Kelly called Earth is Hiring and that has definitely like um, impacted my business and mindset in a huge way. The Earth um, is Hiring? The Earth is Hiring. Yep. It's by Peter Kelly. Peter Kelly, amazing book. She does podcasts too and just her um, what she writes about money mindset and essentially, yeah, Earth is Hiring, creating a business that is from the earth and yeah i would say she's played a huge role um case is such a huge cheerleader for me and inspires me he's when he when he wants to do something and uh he's (laughs) go early go early (laughs) this is a 4 30 in the morning yeah (laughs) wake up wake up go no But um, yeah, he's he's so passionate, and once he commits to something, he just follows it through, and that's really inspires me to you know get um things done and yeah, just cha- putting myself in new challenging situations is a huge thing. Putting myself out there to meet new people and do if podcasts. Someone, do podcasts, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And if someone inspires me, um, I I'll be the person to just message them randomly on Instagram or Facebook and. Just start chatting to them. Just slide into the DMs. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. I've done that so many times and I it's paid that. off. Yep. It's I've That's created good. the best friendships and I think it's network. such a good way to connect with DMs. So huge. It's ca- on social media especially, it's casual. Mm. I do it on LinkedIn a lot to get new clients, but I think even just networking and trying to make new connections on Instagram and Facebook and things. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Just people I see that your stuff. You. you know, I really like it. Um, catch up for coffee someday. Yeah. Do you do that often, Ben? Um, I do it a lot. I do it on a daily basis to find um, copywriting and content clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So always hunting and prospecting. But socially, uh, probably once a month at the most. Yeah. And giving yeah. credit to people, like, that yeah. makes them feel mm. better and, and keeps them passionate as well. Like, if you get a compliment or a, someone reaching out to you, you think, Oh, I'm making an impact, you know. You're, yeah. it's, yep. it's worth it today. It's worth it, yeah. So I really nice. like that because uh, then you're really stepping from the competitive mind to the creative mind where yep. you get more ideas mm. when you don't think about, oh, you know, maybe uh, I, all these other people are trying to do the same thing or I'm, I'm going to either lose or I'm going to win, you know, and then most mm. of the time you end up losing anyways. But if you're cr- giving credit to other people... You know, you're you're promoting them, their yep. work. You're helping them, and then you're gonna see that you know karma. What goes around comes around. When mm. you help other people, they will help you forward as well. Mm. So then all of a sudden you've got this huge community of creative people that are kind of helping each other forward and you know brainstorming, coming up with new ideas, collaborations, and it's like um, we're helping each other to the top instead of yeah. pushing each other down of the ladder. Mm. I think that's why we've had a bit of success with the Surf Coast Creatives podcast because we are essentially promoting other people's businesses, not promoting per se, but hearing their stories Mm. and creating a little community around that as well. So yeah. And what is like is what inspired you to to create that? Like we wanted to. It sounds fluffy, but we wanted to stay connected. (laughs) Yeah. It's a it's a word that's been bandied around during Mm. Corona. It's beautiful. It was about staying in touch with. Because we both lost our jobs, you know, late March, and we bought a new house that's 10 minutes down the road from Torquay. So we felt like we were losing touch with that community that we built in Torquay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
It's an awesome way to. And I, I just love entrepreneurship, business, and yeah, people's awesome. stories as well. So and that's that's what inspires us. So we're sitting at home thinking, what can we do? Mm. And we we need that inspiration. So hearing other people's stories, it makes you get up in the morning. It's like, I want to be like these guys. These guys mm. do this. I'm going to try their routine, see what happens, and then something usually sparks and then yeah yeah so yeah and that's why that's why i reached out to you you know because you inspire me and then you see that all of a sudden we're surfing uh, at sunset and yeah uh we're going out for coffee together and you know we we become friends but we're also helping each other with with business and it's like business and friends or work and life it's not really separated. It's more interconnected yep. or integrated. And mm-hmm. I really love that. Yeah. So it's like we need to start thinking. I'm trying to think of some sort of analogy. <laughs> it's like that yin and yang thing. Yeah. Exactly. Becomes one. Yeah. So the yin and the yang. Stop distinguishing between, you know, uh, business and life and home and, you know, mm. it all becomes connected. Yeah. Because they're different but they are working together. And when those things start to kind of fight each other, you know, it's like, then you get stress. Yeah. And, but yang is like working and getting stuff done. And yin is like relax and yep. um, uh, laugh and Chill. talk and, you know, play, go for, play, surf. Go for a surf. Mm. Or actually I think surfing is a bit of both. Because you gotta pedal and then sit in the sit there. Yep. So that that that's why I love surfing because you're right in the middle of everything, especially when you're actually on the wave. You know, you you gotta pedal, 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 and then you're, um, you know, surfing, and with that's like this beautiful bliss feeling. But that's the perfect example of yin and yang, and that's why I think everyone who is a surfer or, or has something to do with ocean or nature is gonna feel that especially for example a reef break a wave is like this 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 fluid form is the water is totally yin but then that reef is rock solid it stays where it is and it never moves and then the wave hits the reef gets pushed up and flows into this curl it's just flow and rock and just the whole thing is just it, it just makes sense or yeah. something yeah it's a bit of magic it's, it's magic, cha- order and chaos at the same time mm. yeah mm. it got pretty philosophical then yeah yeah <laughs> i love it i love going philosophical it's just it's just really inspiring and that's also something i think the yin and yang that's helped us both be uh, business owners and live together and yep. our mm. whole life is is taking on that different role of the yin and yang for each other when we feel that we yeah. need it um, yeah. and you know I know Case appreciates when I can sort of bring him back down to the ground and the same he can sort of bring me up a bit so it's mm. yeah it's, a, pow- it's a powerful energy. thing your yeah. grounding energy because I'm always dreaming I'm always coming <laughs> up with new things and then sometimes Ellie needs to say well why don't you just go and do this first and stop thinking about all of these hundred thousand other things <laughs> and that really works for me yeah. but then Ellie is sometimes only focusing on one thing and not really thinking about what's next and then I'm like oh I, you know why don't you think about dream what a do bit. you dream a bit you know get think about 
uh, your vision and about your future goals and stuff. It's something to work towards, and, and that's how we kind of help each other. And it works really well. Yeah, that's been a common theme among our partner duos in business. So Alan Emo, they kind of balance each other out, don't they? Mm-hmm. And who else? We had Jesse and Sam. Same same thing again, very similar. Mm-hmm. So Sam just big on the you know the operational side of the business. Uh, Jesse more of the creative side and um, going with the flow. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting how and you then, balance yeah. each other out. How does that work for you guys? Well, I'm the one that comes up with, I'm the one that comes up with like hundreds and thousands of different ideas. Yeah. And then Ben's like, wait, just stick to the one plan for a little bit. We'll just see how this goes. And then I'm mm. like, no, but I want to. Yeah. Let's just stick to this plan for one day. <laughs> so. I feel yeah. that. Yeah. Totally feel that. We definitely balance each other out. Jess has got quite a mellow sort of person, like relaxed personality. Yeah. I can get, I can get quite stressed and anxious about you know paying the bills and building a business and all that sort of stuff so mm-hmm. definitely need just there to sort of open my eyes sometimes mm. yeah we get that as well yeah, yeah totally <laughs> and that's that's why you kind of need each other and stuff when when you're um yeah i love that yeah <laughs> yeah it's very cool i'll look hand it back to jess to we've got a question about creativity jess do you want to ask the guys about this question yeah so this is one of our favorite ones to ask everyone on the podcast so it's um whether or not you think creativity is nature so whether you're born with it or whether it's something that you could nurture like learn and grow do you mm. think it's one or the other or both uh it's a good question i think it's definitely a bit of both i think we're all innately born with creativity and as kids like i mentioned before we're naturally creative whether that's that's not necessarily painting or uh you know drawing it could it's just how you think creatively thinking about problems and coming up with cool solutions or when you're bored entertaining yourself in a creative way so i think we we are born with it um but it is something that really has to be practiced i think and yeah. it's giving yourself that time to allow it to come to form and mm. um, I think it can be easily put aside yeah, you can easily and not push it away. nurtured and so many people think I'm not creative I can't draw or this and that but it's just finding your own so. unique expression of that and yeah mm. surrounding yourself with people who challenge you to be a bit creative I think helps as well what do you think Kate? yeah I think surrounding yourself with what you been what you want to be surrounded with like it's very easy for someone to be creative if he um has a good upbringing and he never really um had people to judge him or bully or you know uh someone that is creative um could be born with it but then can also put it aside be like yeah, well, I mean, um, I'm never going to be able to earn money with painting or whatever, so I'm just going to do a job and, and forget about it. And then you push it aside and you really lose it. But it's something that everybody has inside them. You can always be creative, but you have to create that space. you got to nurture it. You, everyone's born with it, I think, but you have to nurture it because it's such a um, such a gift. Everyone has that gift, that creative 
um, the creativity, you know. But if you want to tap into that, you have to let it, you know. You can't have any negativity or those negative emotions that are holding you back. That's the only thing that's going to hold you back. And anything you want to do is the negative thoughts that are holding you back. I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I'm not creative enough, whatever. Uh, you don't have to be a painter. Yeah. You just have to think and dare to think in a different way. Yep. Yeah. Thinking out of the books. I think just dreaming, like dreaming. we touched on before, just imagination and mm. just sitting back and giving yourself the chance to just visualize and not even have to physically do something with your hands, just having that mm. imagination, which yeah. we all had. And we in kids, you see that so much in kids as well. Mm. Um, I think you've got to nurture it by going to bed early and waking up early. I mean, of course you can live any lifestyle you want, but if you wake up at 12 and then have lunch or like have breakfast at, at one o'clock and then have lunch at four and then have dinner at eight, then then you're all the way off your cheese cycles. If you wanna, um, Jost Sauer, he talks about the cheese cycles and it sounds pretty, spacey but it's very simple your energy from the moment you wake up travels through your body throughout your organs so the energy goes to your stomach around breakfast time and then goes through all the, throughout all your other organs but if your meals are all the way at different times of the day then that energy is not at your organs and you don't have enough energy to process that food and you're going to feel tired and you're not going to be able to tr- to 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 turn that energy into creative energy and then it's gonna build up into fat and and you're gonna uh, have weight gain so if you wake up early and have breakfast and lunch and dinner at the same time you're gonna see that you have more energy and that more energy you can then use to um, live a healthier lifestyle but also to create more space in your mind so that the creativity can flow towards you Yep. There's a lot to be said for sleep and creativity. Like it's almost like it's very hard to be creative with three hours sleep. Put it that way. Unless you're a dolphin, like yourself. Dolphins are fine. (laughs) (laughs) Or a lion who sleeps too. I think it goes back to the the quality of your sleep. And who who is the guy that you mentioned? Jost Sauer. He calls himself the the lifestyle medicine man, and he has a really great podcast. I love to listen to it. He's What's a, the podcast called? This guy is like a bit older than 60 or something, but you would think that he's 30. And he also says that his um, physical age Five, is yeah. 30 yep. um, because this guy is an absolute beast. He does like Kung Fu and Tai Chi and stuff like that. He wakes up at four in the morning. And, um, like Mr. Miyagi. I mean, he still eats, he still eats chocolate and, and, and stuff like that, but... Yep. He, the things he explains, he, he talks about the cheese cycles a lot and he talks about where the energy goes and what organs and what times. And you can follow this clock. And I try to, you know, wake up early and have breakfast at certain times of the day and, um, you know, to keep the cheese cycles in mind. Yep. Because then I know where my energy is at what times um of the day during the day yeah yeah it was really awesome so the lifestyle medicine man for listeners who want to check out that yeah, yeah. that's the his podcast cycles. and he also mm. has a website um your sour and a book, your and sour. A book. Yeah. yeah so check that out if you are 
want to read into that. Definitely not a qualified expert here sitting on the couch as a dolphin, but <laughs> <laughs> but look into that if you have the time. So I just looked at the, our ticking clock on our recorder, and we're getting up to 80 minutes, so this is the longest 80 podcast. 80 minutes? Wow, amazing. <laughs> we've been going an hour and 20 minutes. It just so. feels like 15 minutes. Wow. <laughs> it's amazing. I think it's because we're telling two stories simultaneously. Yeah. I wasn't quite sure how this mm. is going to work, but I think it's going well. So. Yeah, cool. Yeah. It's really good. We'll start wrapping it up, though. Our final question alludes to um, advice. You know, So people out there listening in, tuning in, they might be working full-time and they have an idea and they want to take that next step and take the leap into small business or following their passion a little bit harder, uh-huh. uh, what would your number one piece of advice be for them? Maybe start with you, Case. My number one piece of advice is do or start where you are, do what you can and use what you have. That's perfect. Nice. <laughs> Very succinct. I Very love it. Very succinct. Actually, I have to give credit to Kristen and Nick from Mil- Milkwood Permaculture. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used that. Um, uh, I learned that from them. Nice. And that really helped. That that really helped me a lot. Um, just to kind of start where you are, do what you can, and uh, use what you have, because you can just start with making your bed. Yep. And then you know wake up a bit earlier or whatever and um, just start thinking about something that you like. Yep. You like a lot of things, you know, and you have a, a lot of interests and you can start anywhere, but you have to, you know, follow your gut yep. and and you got to have space in your mind to be able to, to think about these things. You can't think about creative ideas if you need to... Um, do your dishes because that's going to be on your mind you know it actually reminds me before we go to you Ali mm. of that story you told a couple of weeks ago when we caught up for a coffee and you're talking about um, when you first started your business and you know you got out on your bike because you don't drive you don't have a license in Australia yeah um, TAC is shut and all the rest of Vic Roads so yeah um, TAC has got nothing to do with it. <laughs> Vic Roads has been shut, so yeah. you're riding your bike to the job site with a shovel on your shoulder. I know, I'm so Dutch. A rake on the other shoulder. So it's like I'm using the bicycle. Doing the most with what you have. Yeah, and it's, getting it done. I'm totally living by it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I gotta use the bicycle because you know I can't get my driver's license yet because of yeah, you just said it. Vic Roads is not open so i can't even apply for a driver's license yeah. so i got this little basket and there's like a little shovel <laughs> and I, I got a saw for all know, the cutting wood. i got i got a drill and a backpack <laughs> so and if I, you see a guy riding around down Torquay boulevard <laughs> 6 a.m in the morning okay, <laughs> yeah. a mop of curly hair coming out the helmet it's case and yeah. say hello and i, and I wear clogs <laughs> <laughs> it's got the clogs on too his uniform no, and I for like you, Ellie? Um, for me, I would say surround yourself with uh, a good network of supportive people. Um, be mindful of who you are spending time with. Mm-hmm. I think if people are not really supporting your visions or you know, stuck in a negative mindset, I think reaching out to new people and being okay with um, change and and commu- like growing a new community of creative-minded people and people who are going to give you inspiration and help you achieve that. That's been something that's huge for me, being selective of who I spend my time with and 
and really um yeah focusing on on asking for help when i need it mm-hmm. mm. so being vulnerable being vulnerable being yeah, okay with that yeah, yeah totally yeah i think great advice so working with what you've got and asking for help mm-hmm. when you need it and yeah. creating the community yeah i think great advice so I feel like we could just keep chatting for hours tonight. Yeah, yeah I know. Totally. So you guys, just for our listeners, you guys have come over for dinner tonight. So I think Jess mm. is cooking up what are we chickpea having? bolognese. So Yum. Just ruin the surprise. Ben, ben, I have to go to the toilet as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just dying to get in the right, we'll uh, Just quickly, where do we find you on social media? Where can we follow your story? Yeah, so uh, my Instagram is barefooted.earth and website will be coming very soon. Uh, so find out updates on my Instagram and also my Facebook is um, the same, barefooted.earth. And for me, it's Urban Edible Gardens on Facebook and Urban Edible Gardens on Instagram. So, you know, please don't feel afraid to reach out if you're in Turkey or anywhere you want to just connect and ask me things. I'm always open to giving advice and I love I love chatting to people. I love it. <laughs> Very cool. Website coming soon too. Yeah, yes. Ellie, Ellie needs <laughs> to Ellie's finish her website it. first and then she's going to make mine. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to rip into yours. Yeah. And Jess, where can people find the Surf Coast Creatives? Uh, so on, we're on Instagram, on Facebook, and we also have the website, so www.surfcoastcreatives.com. Um, all the podcast episodes are on there, so all 10. And we're also on Spotify and iTunes, so make sure you spread the word about this podcast because we'd really love to share it to as many people as we can. Yeah, we love hearing your feedback. So Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, they're the main ones, aren't they? iHeartRadio. We've had a few listeners from the UK, a couple from the Netherlands, actually. Oh, right so. They're everywhere. Oh, they're, every- <laughs> <laughs> they're explorers at heart, aren't they? So they they're are. everywhere. Like, share, and subscribe exactly. to the Surf Coast Creatives Podcast. Yes, please do. Uh, Ellie and Case, thanks very very much for uh, coming here today and doing the interview with us. Really appreciate your story and being so open and transparent. Um, let's go enjoy dinner. Thank Case, you so much. Thank you so for much. We're us. really grateful to be here. Great to have you here. Yeah, so great chat. Thanks very much. Enjoy. Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs>